looking at the major Western and Eastern religions. We're looking at origins, history, practices, and culture. And we're trying to get into that deeper understanding and appreciation. We talked about last week religion versus theology. Um, it's not a perfect uh, dichotomy, but what I'm trying to separate is people who study their own religion. Like, I guess it, what I'm, I'm calling those people theologians in this sense. Take, again, Thomas Aquinas, amazing theologian, but he's a Catholic who studied Catholicism. And Rumi, an amazing Sufi Muslim but studied Sufi Islam and so on and so forth, right? So religion is more when you're looking at other people's religions or religions that you, you yourself don't practice. That's how I'm using the terms. Um, it's really important to understand the difference between uh, evangelization, proselytization, missionizing, those types of religions and other religions that we talked about that might be more rooted in, a, uh, in an ethnic background. And of course, the sacred. We, we, we really want to get comfortable using the term sacred, whether it's sacred text, sacred space, sacred color, um, sacred people in terms of either a founder as well as maybe a minister or whatever a, a particular religion calls that leader of the community that has some kind of a special spirituality about her or him. And... And there's, there's other things that are sacred too, right? The calendars, the language, um, rituals, uh, and, and so forth, right? So we, we touched on that in week one. We're getting into it a little bit deeper. If you, if you look at the readings for week two, they really do pick up from the video from last week. I kind of wanted to, to jump right in, give you a chance to hopefully find the class interesting and start to engage. And then, so week two... If you've processed the, the material from week one, week two should be a little bit more uh, easygoing and almost looking at the same thing in a different way, uh, maybe a little deeper. Um, again, we're looking at religion in terms of the system of beliefs that goes through and tries to explain all kinds of things. This slide was from last week's presentation, it, it, especially for the older religions, and more interested in cosmology, uh, an attempt to explain those dots in the sky. Why are we here? Why do bad things happen to good people? And um, the later religions, more focused on ethical behavior, like how do I be good? What is good? Um, and how do I interact with the world in a healthy way? So, um, Rudolf Otto, remember, it, he's a German uh, who, who started to talk about that idea of the sacred, that idea of the holy from a, a non-theological way, but more from a religious way. We talked about how there's two family trees, basically two family trees in religion, the Abrahamic and the Dharmic. And then there are others that aren't connected to either one or are very loosely connected, right? Um, all religions have a founder, uh, a symbol, a, a sacred text, a, a color that's predominant in their religion. Uh, what they call and how they define and how they mark sacred space. A creed, like a, a basic ethos, a basic collection of rules. Um, they have rituals, and one of the most important rituals are rituals of initiation. And there's also important rituals associated with, with marriage and, and death and birth, right? And then the name for the ritual leader, an imam, a, a monk, uh, a, a priest, uh, a rabbi, 
minister, what, whatever that religion calls the person, one of my favorites, uh, Magi. You, if you grew up in a Judeo-Christian um, household, particularly a Christian household, you might have heard the term Magi in terms of the birth narrative uh, of Jesus of Nazareth. Magi is actually the, the term for the religious leaders of Zoroastrianism. You know, and all religions have some understanding of miracles, magic, um, time itself, right? We talked about that. So going into a little bit more of what all these religions have in common, um, without diluting what they have that's unique to themselves, let's take, for example, the Golden Rule. Here on the right are two TED Talks by one of the predominant um, uh, religion historians, um, teachers in the world. Her name is Karen Armstrong. She's from the United Kingdom. Um, the first link is a brief TED Talk, about nine minutes. And the second one is her longer official TED Talk, about 20 minutes long. Really well worth it. Um, we talked about the centralized leaders of the world religions. We talked about uh, who might not be a leader of a centralized religion in this picture and who is and, and the difference between centralized religions and, and decentralized religions. All right, here's what I'm going to talk about that's new today. I want you to entertain in relationship with the, the presentations for week two, uh, um, I want you to entertain the idea that it's more complicated than merely comparative theology or comparative religions. It's not just comparing Judaism to Islam to Christianity to Sikhism to Hinduism to Jainism to Buddhism to Zoroastrianism and you name the ism, right? Because if you think about it, there's a great diversity of, of where people are within their own religion. James Fowler, who uh, when he wrote his book, uh, Stages of Faith, 1981, he was teaching at, at Harvard. He's currently at, at uh, Emory in Atlanta, has a second book out too. He, he, took, he took the stages of growth, um, like Eric Erickson, if you're interested in, in psychology and human development, and he, and he applied them to religion. And he came up with these six stages. Um, I think we talked about them a little bit. I'm going to go into a, to more detail here. Here's just, I mean, if you Google Fowler stages of faith, you'll find a billion different um, images on how to, to describe it. I'm going to use the one on the left. So stage one is this very early in our lives. You know, we, we're overwhelmed and we absorb kind of uh, just intuitively from people around us, what they say and, and what they do. We absorb this um, intuitive projective faith that, that God is a an old guy with white hair and a halo up in the clouds. And, and he's up there. Yep, God. Pray to God at night. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way at all. I'm trying to describe or, or get into how we first experience the divine how we first look at God and the idea of religion as a young child. Stage two is called uh, mytholiteral. And, and this is, I, I even call it like hero mytholiteral. Um, this is the, well, I should probably click to stage two. This is the, um, the supernatural, the, the idea that these founders of these religions are, are almost like superheroes, right? Um, there's actually a line of toys out that are 
the superhero version of the founders of the great religions, right? The idea that that Jesus was born of a virgin, the idea that he died and came back to life, the resurrection, the idea that Ezekiel has a has a chariot made out of fire and flies through the sky, the idea that the prophet Muhammad uh, flew through during the dark night of the soul from Mecca, he flew to to Jerusalem in one night and put his feet down at the site of what became the Dome of the Rock. The idea that the Buddha himself said Hartha Gautama that he could that he could walk at the at birth and even speak and that when he walked lotus flowers jumped up where his footprints were. And we see this in in all of the great religions. And it's not to put them down that I that I'm I'm pointing these patterns out. Somebody posted in week one about tales, I, and I grabbed onto the term tales, if, if you remember in the email. Um, these are called what the great Hebrew tradition um, calls midrashes. That the, these are stories that are trying to underline a basic truth. Um, you know, like, and again, let, let's just go with, with the Hebrew and, and Judaism, that it's not necessarily from a certain perspective important how many days it took God to create the earth it's not important the order in which God created um, animals you know nature and humans those differences between chapter one and chapter two right what's important the midrash is that the essential truth is that God created the world that's what's being told not the details okay but people fight over the details Okay, right? Um, let's go to stage three. Stage three is that when that transference of, um, of that hero, mytho-literal uh, understanding of religion gets transferred to the leaders of the religion. Uh, centralized religions have this in, 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 in much more uh, uh, force, evidence, what, what have you, that um, it's the Pope. Don't contradict the Pope. It's the Dalai Lama. It's the Ayatollah. It, it, whoever it is, right? You know, I have a funny story uh, from my daughter's childhood. Um, close friend of ours, um, Jared, uh, a friend of mine for 30 years, went to high school with him. He's a priest. My kids all called him Uncle Jared from the time they were that small, right? But when Grace was entering the stage three of Fowler, she was like, wait, wait, he's not Uncle Jared. He's Father Jared. That idea, that transference of, of um, respect, admiration, and that's not bad, but it's when it becomes, um, well, to use a Catholic term, it, it starts to become um, the, the idea that, that the infallibility of the Pope would be probably the best example in all the world religions of this concreteness of stage three, okay? So stage four is, is most often a rejection of faith. It, it's that idea that uh, it's that noticing of a house of cards, that, that religions, they're all fallible. They all have, have mistakes. Uh, they all, sadly, have blood on their hands in many ways. Um, the idea that religions aren't always what they say they are. And stage four is that intuitive, reflective um, 
sometimes it's not a complete rejection. Sometimes it's just totally internalized, but sometimes it's an internalization that leads to a rejection of the external, of the outside, that, that not only do I stop practicing a religion, but I reject religion altogether, you know. Um, but stage five is that, that idea that there, the awareness that there's still something either needed or, or um, true in the world that religions are trying to teach. But if you're coming from a stage four mentality, that you, you don't think that, that they're doing it well. And so stage five of, is this awareness of perspective, awareness that, yeah, I, 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 I was raised Catholic. I was raised Jewish. I was raised uh, Hindu, Muslim, Shinto, um, Freddie Mercury. I was raised Zoroastrian, right? Um, yeah, and I was angry for a long time. I'm over my anger, um, but it, it's not for me. I... I, I'm more spiritual than I am religious. It's a it's an awareness that we need or want something that religion offers, but we're not willing to be part of religion. And then stage six is the oh, what am I doing? What, what, why am I being so angry or distant or whatever? And and why am I criticizing religion? Of religion in particular that I might have been hurt by, or or an, another religion that I've been hurt by, um, how come I don't understand? How come I don't recognize um, the beauty of all religions? How come I can't go in and out of of, of all of those? And, you know, and and I think of in the world today some of the great great people that we have, um, Desmond Tutu, um, a, a South African uh, Anglican Archbishop. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh, a Buddhist monk, Karen Armstrong, a, a former Catholic nun um, who's been laicized, like three different religions. But I would consider them, all three of them, to be kind of a stage five, stage six kind of person. And I bet you those three wouldn't get into a fight. Now, now would they? Because of where they are on their journey? You know, we, we touched on in, uh, in the week one video and then week two's presentations discussed Thomas Merton and the Dalai Lama a little bit. And this idea of mysticism as a, as a sub part of all of the religions, but also something that kind of like transcends religion and binds religions, religions together. Going back to that etymology of the word religion, to bind, right? The fact that Thomas Merton and the Dalai Lama were friends transcends um, mytho, hero, literal interpretation. It transcends a, a artificial um, bowing to institutional leaders. It transcends a rejection of religion. It, it transcends even the tra the transcendence to a spirituality. It, it, it just it is right. And I guess when you when you look at it, you know, look at some of the, the great religions of the world. When you see conflict, when you see religious conflict, it's not people like Tutu, Thich Nhat Khan, and Armstrong, right? When you think about it, the people who are fighting, the people who use religion as as a motivation, even if they believe it, and sometimes I don't think they believe it. I think they're using it for political reasons. 
those people are probably more tied to a stage two or a stage three understanding of religion, right? Doesn't that make sense? What I'm getting at is it's we're not just looking at what do all the religions have in common and how are they different, but how are people within a religion different? And at the same time, how are people within a religion similar to people in other religions? And I challenge you to consider, it's not an absolute, but just consider James Fowler's stages of faith. Because all religions have these artificial external attributes, but they're also trying to get at something else at the same time, aren't they? And that's the end of this part of the presentation. I want to now close out and, and I want to come back. I do have a, a vocab sheet. I, use, I used to use it as a pre-assessment back when we had ground classrooms. Um, so here's some basic terminology in, in religion. And here's a, I, I'll, I'll even, I'll just stop rolling. Uh, take a screenshot, pause, like, see if you can figure these answers out. If you, if you figure them out, that's great. If you, if you struggle with a couple, um, Google them or email me or meet with us on uh, Thursdays at 10 o'clock mountain time. And, and we can talk about these terms and what they mean, right? So again, looking at our class, we've done our week one check-ins. Um, sorry, I missed a few of you. Uh, we got our syllabus. We got our test on plagiarism. It's so exciting. We got our cultural events assignment. Is a, there is another cultural events assignment coming up uh, Tuesday, 1.30 Mountain, led by uh, Dr. Black, myself, and um, the president of the REMCAD student um, body. We're going to be looking at Puerto Rico and the history of Puerto Rico. That qualifies for a cultural events assignment. So last week, you, you started to look at why religion is important and, and why are we here in this class. I posted a video with my comments. You had your initial discussion. I emailed you back things that I saw in your um, week one discussions, gave you some vocab that I pulled out of your peer posts, like what you guys were teaching and talking about with each other. Um, I even tried to outline a little bit of that for you. And I think, um, well, I know I did. I don't know if you looked at it, but I also sent you this document. Um, little family tree, genealogy tree, flow chart, whatever you want to call it. Here are the Abrahamic sects. Um, you got Judaism, um, originally Essenes, Pharisees, Sadducees. All modern Jews are descended from the Pharisees. Modern Jews are divided among, uh, among the sects of uh, Reformed, Orthodox, and Conservative. A major sect among the Orthodox community is the Hasidic um, community within Christianity. And this is something that came up in your post often, this confusion between the terms Christian and Catholic. Okay, So the Christian churches include Catholicism, Eastern Orthodox, or just Orthodox, and Protestantism. All Catholics are Christian. All Orthodox are Christian. All Protestants are Christian. But not all Christians are Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, or Protestant. All right. Um, so Catholics are Christian. That the opposite, the the implication that they're not, came up a bunch of times. And then we talk about this difference between like high and low Protestant, and it's not a uh, a pejorative. It's not an insult. It's the idea. It refers to how fancy and organized organized. Maybe that is a pejorative. How 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 fancy the services are. Uh, high Protestants like Anglicanism and Lutheranism um, are very 
formal like the Eastern Orthodox or Catholic services. Low Protestants tend to have uh, less structured religions. And there's people that are religions in the middle too. The Dharmic sects, um, we talked about a little bit this uh, last optional Zoom class about the difference between Hinduism, Jainism, who's older, whatever. Well, we know that there used to be this Indo-European religion. We don't know much else other than it, it was out there, um, the kind of pre-Vedic, if you will. And we know that in Iran there was a, a Vedic or Indo-European. In fact, actually, Iran is, is a butchering of the term Aryan, as in Indo-European, early Aryan peoples. Anyways, um, so so that pre-Zoroastrian religion uh, was then influenced by the movement of, of Zoroaster, the prophet, uh, and then led into Zoroastrianism. Hinduism, like we talked about, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, religion. Jainism related, no clear separation date. There's two types of uh, Jans. There's the sky clad and the white clad. Um, and then eventually Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, um, the enlightened one, um, develops Buddhism as a critique or an extension of Hinduism. And then Buddhism itself breaks into Theravada, Mahayana, then Mahayana breaks into Tibetan, then Chen, and Chen becomes Zen, and and and, and you have that. So I, I don't know if you can tell. I love I love teaching this material. Thank you.